Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome, it's UAP. I'm Stephen Diener. Over there is Karen Curtis, and this is episode 23 of the Unidentified <laughs> Alien Podcast. Lost time, I can't believe it. We do. We actually have lost time now, and it, but it's been so much fun doing these episodes for you and with you, Karen. And thank you. We have uh, some good stuff. Well, we always have good stuff, but today is it's just getting better and better. There's just so many things that we can cover, and we always have to pick and choose. This is a, another subject. You know, sometimes I said, like with uh, the curious case of Andrew Basiago, which has been one of our more popular episodes, and we appreciate everybody who's been listening. We're almost at ten thousand downloads. Yay! We just started doing. This. I know it's been a few months, maybe. Yeah. So we appreciate it everybody. Took off like a rocket ship. I love it. I to love Mars. it. So keep on listening, keep on enjoying. Leave us comments and feedback, only if it's good feedback, and then <laughs> we appreciate it. No, we'll, we'll take any feedback. But you know, that's that. But that's one example of something that I was holding back on. I was waiting to get to that type of story with you know the time traveler anyway of Andrew Basiago, and this is one that I think I could say. Probably was maybe one of the beginning reasons of why I even got so interested in the supernatural and UFOs and aliens because of this man that we're going to talk about today and next week, Edgar Casey. He's amazing. And this was right up my alley because reincarnation, I was regressed by the best. Dr. Brian Weiss, who wrote the book Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm. Um, so I believe in reincarnation. I was my mom's youngest sister, Adria, who strangled in her high chair at eight months old. Wow. Yeah, and I saw the whole thing. That was crazy. And then I also am kind of an empath. I'm not a psychic, but uh, being an empath it makes you, you can sense other people's emotions. Right, right. And it is exhausting. But he was psychic. He could see the future. Yeah, and so, I mean, we have a lot to go into with Edgar Casey today, and so you'll find out why they called him the sleeping prophet and why right. they, he's regarded as, you know, the real deal. Um, he is, even more so than Nostradamus, and I'll tell you a little bit more, kind of contrast them a little bit. So, but, and, and we will get to some, it, it all ties in. I know you're probably wondering, well, this doesn't have to do with aliens. Oh, no, it does. It all ties in, trust us. With the two parts, there was so much, quite honestly, we could have done four parts yes. of a series just on Edgar Casey, but I had to come to a point where I was like, okay, what are we going to include here? What are we going to leave out? So we really have a lot of good stuff with him, but we had to split up in between two parts. You went down the celestial rabbit hole yesterday. Oh, very much so. I yes. had to dig him out. Yeah, you did. You had to pull me out. But it's really, really intriguing stuff here we're going to get into today and also on episode 24 next week when we do part two of, of Edgar Casey. But before we get into all that, 
our factoid, our fun yeah. fact. What do you got for us today, Karen? The Xenobots, Stephen. This is, you talk about unbelievable. I, I can't even believe that we're talking about this as a real story. It sounds like something that was made up by, you know, James Cameron yes. for a movie like Aliens. Terminator. Yeah, or Terminator. Uh, yeah, so these are tiny organic robots. We've made them. Human beings made them. And they can reproduce. Yes, a robot that can reproduce. Yeah. They're called Xenobots, and they were created last year. And they use stem cells. So before you get upset, they're not from fetuses. It's from the African clawed frog. Yeah, yeah. And they are like Pac-Man shaped robots. They capable. Uh, they're capable of moving. They work together in groups. They're microscopic. And they're self healing. So like. Yeah. And maybe they could like grow a pancreas for you or help you regrow an arm if you lose. I don't know what what's down the road, but they're re- reproducing in a way that is not seen in plants or animals. What does that mean? This is what if they reproduce like exponentially and take over the earth <laughs> well they are thinking for themselves of no. this report it's an insane no. technology that's happening they're making their own choices on where what to do and like how much to reproduce it's if you haven't seen anything about the xenobots just look it up i'm telling you this is going to be this is the future right here is something like this and look hopefully it's used for good because they're talking about you know you can infuse it with your own cells they can implant it in your body it kills cancers it kills you know tumors or whatever you know heals an organ whatever it might be that can, would be great it can remove microplastics from the ocean which there's huge islands of plastic right and heal injuries i like that but you know when they do the gain of function research on the coronavirus mm-hmm. We're thinking, oh, it's for good, but look what happened. So it is a little scary because of all the uh, the bad things that can happen from this. But believe it or not, Karen, what? this story with the Xenobots actually ties into an Edgar Casey prophecy. Really? Which we'll get into in a little while. No. So, yes. He was so wonderful. So stay tuned on that one. Yeah, he was, uh, so he lived, what, back in the 1800s to early 1900s? Yeah, he was born in 1877, uh, passed away, I want to say in the 1940s, I believe. Um, born in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, you know, basically. Okay, so we have a little story next week that's going to relate to that. Remember city. the name Hopkinsville? Yes, <laughs> there's a couple. They had a little visitation. Yeah, a couple of strange things with with that town that um, have been actually well documented. So we'll get into that as part of uh, again part two of our Edgar Casey series next week. But just getting into his history first, everybody. Is it pretty much in agreement? Now, I shouldn't say that. I mean, you always have your doubters and your skeptics who say he was a charlatan, who said he was, you know, scamming people and he's a con artist. But everything I've ever seen with Edgar Casey or studied about Edgar Casey tells me that this guy was the real deal. Yes, there really aren't many people that call him a charlatan. No, I mean, the, you know, you always have your fringe people and your skeptics, but this is a guy that was an empath before people even knew what an empath was. Right. You go back to his early childhood. And you're talking about a time where, this is really quite the story, actually. He was studying for a test in school. And this is when he started to discover he had some type of abilities that he could not explain. So he was studying. He couldn't remember the words, and his dad was punishing him physically. It was a spelling spelling bee. It was a spelling bee, right. And his dad started physically punishing him because he couldn't remember the words. So he's like, I'm tired. I need a nap. So he put the book under his pillow and woke up and had all of the words and everything in the book memorized. So how did we get to that point? Osmosis. Well, before then, because it's some type of divine intervention, at least the way the story goes. He was, as his biography goes, visited by what he called an angel 
in the woods by his, you know, ranch, his farm that he grew up on in, in Kentucky. And the angel, he was, you know, a devout Christian growing up and everything, right. church-going child with his parents. And, and the angel said to him, your prayers have been answered. Whatever you ask for will be answered. So he asked to be able to help people, especially children, and to heal people. And, you know, and then, then he decided at that point that he wanted to become a missionary as he grew older. And so as he was studying for this test and he couldn't get it, he fell asleep and the angel came to him and said, you know, we're going to help you. Just go to sleep. And from that point on, for the rest of his life, he could put a book in front of his head and memorize everything. Well, he the read pictures. the Bible every year. He did. It seems like he could recite it. I mean, so this is a guy that, like you said, he read the Bible every, he read it every year. Once a year, every year would just read the He probably the wrote it, too, in a past life. He probably did. That's Who why knows? He... And so this, there's so many deep holes with Edgar Casey, but that's where it all started. It started, that's kind of the genesis of his, you know, abilities, so to speak, was when he saw this angel that he described, anyway, in, in the woods by his, his home. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the Akashic Record, too, yeah. and that's just like everything that's ever been thought or brought up or invented or written down or whatever, it's in the Akashic Record, and he can tap into that. And I right. wanted to just tell you, it kind of reminds me of, who's the guy that invented electricity? Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. Yeah. He would sit down in a rocking chair, and he would hold on to BBs in his hand, and he would fall asleep. And when you fall asleep, you let go, right? So when mm -hmm. the BBs would fall to the ground and wake him up, he would instantly write down what he was thinking. Hmm. And that's where he was getting all of his ideas in that pre-sleep time. Interesting. And that's actually... How that correlates to Edgar Casey because he, like we said at the beginning, He'd go to sleep. he would go to sleep as right. he grew older and started to discover his abilities. He would go into a sleep-like trance, and that's how he would be able to connect to you know the Akashic record and and see the past, uh, present, and future, and also be able to heal people. That's and I think because he was doing it for good that helped him. But it's so interesting because we might be having epiphanies in our sleep and we don't remember it when we wake up right no it's true we all might be having this and that's actually funny you say that karen because when in one of his sessions edgar casey was asked can i some what someone who was in the session with him because he gave over fourteen thousand readings yes. that were recorded anyway they think it's actually like over eight thousand before that right so over twenty thousand sessions and recordings that you know may not have been recorded to, to begin with so they only have about 14 or 15,000 of them during his time that he did this and he said that everybody has the ability to do this yes and that's one thing that stuck with me when I first started learning about Edgar Casey about I want to say close to 20 years ago and that's one thing that always stuck with me was wow anybody could do what he did I try to do it it, it ha sometimes it works I remember being in Gainesville in like 1989 and it was 2 a.m., and I'm talking to a friend about That Girl. Remember the show with Marlo Thomas? Yeah. And she, my, I said, oh, my favorite episode of That Girl was when she's jumping up and down on the couch and calling Donald, her boyfriend, saying, there's a 40-pound mouse in my house. <laughs> and I turned the TV on, and not only was the TV channel on and That Girl was on, it was that episode, and it was that very moment. Aha. Uh -huh. So I don't know if I was getting it from the Akashic Record or what was happening, but... 
That was weird. That is weird. It's one of those weird things. And we talk about Thomas Edison. Edgar Casey did a lot of readings with some famous people, including Thomas Edison. Oh, see? Okay. Interesting. Yes. Maybe he told him about sleeping and he did the BB thing after. That's possible. <gasps> That's so interesting. He also spoke with uh, Woodrow Wilson, Marilyn Monroe. So he was a very known person in his time. I mean, of course, you know, when you talk about someone like Marilyn Monroe, that was later in his life, considering he died in the 40s. But this is a guy, again, just... She must have been Norma Jean at the time. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, but also, Edgar Casey, he would have his friend, his wife, his later his secretary, record his words when he was in a trance. And during the sessions, he would answer questions on subjects like healing. And, and I can also, if you have a, your knee is injured, I can put my hand on one knee and the other and tell you which knee it is. I can feel the heat. It's uh-huh. weird. But anyway... I'm not Edgar Casey, nor do I think I am. But anyway, um, but he would talk about healing, reincarnation, dreams, afterlife, past life, nutrition. Right. Atlantis. We're going to get into that and future events. And that's what psychic ability is, being able to see future events. And here's the director of the Edgar Casey Foundation. He could diagnose people's physical problems. He could tell you what's in a book. He could find something at a great distance. He could even read the Akashic Record, the Book of Life. Yeah. So you're talking Whoa. about a guy that basically, I mean, if you want to put it into kind of layman's terms today, had superpowers. Yeah, you know, and this was somebody who was very gifted. And, you know, again, going back to when he was a child reading the Bible in the woods and the angel appears to him, according to his story, his biography, that's how it all went. And from that point on, he started gaining these abilities. I mean, there's reports of him talking to his dead grandfather. (gasps) Wow. As a child. And he just thought it was normal. He would just be having conversations out in the field. And his parents are like, what is happening here? What is he doing? (laughs) He's talking to. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the teacher sent him home with a note saying he's not doing well in spelling so his dad started asking him stuff and he couldn't answer it correctly and that's when he went to sleep on the book right and, and came back you know knowing every word and how to spell it exactly so that's when he discovered that gift and then later on he started to be able as you heard there in the clip and we mentioned too he was he was being able to diagnose people in his sleep he had wow. people coming in with different ailments he diagnosed himself actually oh he had a bad case of laryngitis where that oh. left him speechless for a couple of years and huh. he went into photography actually but then he was able to basically fix himself from there and figure out what needed to be done. He went on WebMD, did he? No, no, no WebMD. He had a spinal injury as a child. Oh. And uh, went into a sleep-like trance and told his parents, here's how to fix me. And oh, they did it. that's so interesting. I wonder if he had a blow to the head that had, you know, uh, contributed to this There's no report to that. Power. I mean, you know, sometimes you do hear about things like that where people have some type of blow to the head. And I mean, I heard about a guy one time that had like a motorcycle accident and came out of a coma and was able to play yeah. piano perfectly. Yes. So you have weird or stories. Or dove like into that. a pool and hit his head. Right. It's like a certain part of the head has to be injured. And then you're like the savant at something right. guitar or the piano or drawing. But again, this is a guy that said, you know what? Everybody has this ability. We all have the ability to be able to tap into this part of our minds and our spirits, really. Yeah. And to be able to go into a trance and connect with, you know, these these otherworldly spiritual influences that are out there that we're so preoccupied every day with, you know, daily lives with our phones and our shows and our jobs and making money and all these things. And so we don't have... 
the mental capability, the drive to sit and relax and just meditate. And that's something that Edgar Casey specialized in. Now, granted, this is 100 years ago right. when you know he was kind of at the height of his game, so to speak. So times were different. We didn't have iPhones and no. TVs, really. So. Well, we're so focused on the minutia. Right. And when you start to expand your mind and think about all this stuff, it really changes your perspective. Yeah, it because does. Because certain things you think are important are not right. at all. Um, and so we all may have these abilities, and I just want to kind of explain what some of them are, and that Edgar Casey had a lot of them, mm. like astral projection, which we've done episodes on. Mm-hmm. It's the intentional out-of-body experience that assumes the existence of a soul called an astral body. So kind of like remote viewing in a way. Right. And it's separate from your physical body and capable of traveling outside in in and out of the universe. And when I was regressed by Dr. Brian Weiss, I was actually in the kitchen with Adria and her sister Denise, which would have been my aunt, and I was astral projecting above her and I saw her slip down while her mom, my grandma Wanda, was doing laundry downstairs. She didn't see her slide down and suffocate. Wow. So I was like outside the bot. And then I saw the white coffin, which I knew nothing about. Wow. I saw it, though. It was weird. Hmm. Then you have prophesizing. That's you can say that a specific thing will happen in the future. Like it was very big in biblical times. Thus, you had the prophets. Right, right. Um, and you also, that I think Nostradamus was pretty much a prophet. Mm-hmm. Mediumism. Not to be confused with largism, no, no. Uh, is a practice of purportedly mediating communications between spirits of the dead and living human beings. Right. So you see different things about mediums who, are, you know, say they, they claim they can talk to the dead. And I mean, you've seen all those different yeah. types of things. You can spirit channel. You can have seance tables, be in a trance, the Ouija board. I Don't do Ouija board. That's a bad idea. You have to be very you careful with that. You can call in like very yeah. bad people. Yeah. Um, then we were talking about the Akashic Record, the Book of Life, which is a compilation or a compendium of all universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent right ever to have happened in the past present or future so like if you're fatalistic and you think everything's predetermined it is if you believe in this you know all entities and all life forms not just humans so it's like the whole thing you know and and with uh so that would include aliens exactly and which again we're going to get into because i have a quote here karen from edgar casey that i found so fascinating and i saved it for this episode because he said and there's a lot of famous quotes from, from Edgar Casey, but he said, life is continuous and is infinite. I believe it. So if that means infinite, how? Infinite in the fact of our spirits, our souls are go on forever, or life itself, life oh, organisms are infinite throughout the universe. I mean, there's a lot of different ways, I guess, you can interpret that quote, but I found it very intriguing. And it's funny, too, because we talk about the Akashic Record and how Edgar Casey was able to tap into that and all these different things, these gifts that he had that he knew how to tap into and use to the fullest extent that he says we can all do if we just put our minds to it, I guess, so to speak, and learn it. Yeah, stop thinking about what you're going to post on Instagram and yeah. you know, broaden your mind. And, but it's interesting because it could go in... Not to get too comic booky here, I know with you know Marvel with everything coming out right now with you know Spider Man and the multiverse and all these different no, things. No, I think that these people know. But when you have something we talk about, like with the Akashic Record, that you know has basically it's it's everything that's ever happened or will happen just floating out in the universe that you can tap into this this fountain of knowledge. So in there might be some type of not alternate universe, but a way that that you can see different paths because i 
our future is just made up of choices. That's right. You know? But, you know, you have, like, Thomas Edison creating the light bulb, but somebody else across the planet was creating it as well. And maybe they were both tapping into the Akashic record yeah, at the same time. It's possible. Because you know? everything's, yeah, everything's made up of choices. Look, if we didn't choose to talk about Edgar Casey today for episode 23, we would have been talking about, you know, Roswell or something. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, and, it's and all you wouldn't be listening to this right now. So Now, have you ever heard of seeing auras, like you can see color sure. around people that... that I'm not talking about chakra, but I'm, it's like an aura. I guess there's three auras, um, and they are etheric, emotional, and mental. And it's like a mood ring, right? Right. Same idea. And you know what the rarest aura color is? Uh, I don't, actually. I cannot see auras. No, I can't either. But sometimes you can photograph. And you said he got into photo- photography. He did. Edgar- he never photographed the auras, but he said he could see them. Oh, he could see them. Constantly, actually. Well, white is the rarest of all aura colors. And I believe white is reserved for the divine hmm. people. Right. That, that Probably my mother, what's it, Teresa, yeah. had a white aura. I could see that. I would say that. We don't know that for she sure. That she also had it to be um, exercised. Yeah. Because she had, had insomnia. Right. And they had to do an exorcism on Mother Teresa. I thought that was weird. So <laughs> how is Edgar Casey different from Nostradamus? Tell us, Karen. So Nostradamus lived like in the 1500s, and he was a French astrologer, physician, and reputed seer. And he wrote 942 poetic quatrains. A quatrain is four lines of poetry that are grouped together, and he kind of like, he kind of said stuff in a code. It was very coded, yeah. And they say that was because, I mean, if he, anybody had found out what he was doing, he right. would have been basically killed for uh, being a heretic. Right, a heretic. So he was predicting the future, and he, the, his book was first published in 1555. So many claim that he predicted the Great Fire of London, the French Revolution, the rises of Napoleon and Adolf Hitler. Remember, he called him Hister. That's right, yeah. Super close. But you read into it what you do, what you want. Both world wars, nuclear destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and he may have predicted the Apollo moon landings. Yeah. Space Challenger disaster. The death of Diana, Princess of Wales. September 11th, the attack on the World Trade Center, all from the 1500s. Yeah, there's different, you know, and again, with, with Nostradamus, so just on that end, there it's all up to interpretation, but there's a lot of key words that you can interpret Toward all those different things. I mean, the Iraq War, Saddam Hussein, there's a lot from right. Nostradamus that uh, people say, oh, wow, look, you know, this means that. And, you know, it's it's open to interpretation, but I th- do think there's something to that. Sure. There could be. Um, what's really interesting, though, there are some facts that you might know about, not know about him. He was expelled from medical school. Right. So he wasn't a doctor. And in addition to prophecies, he published a cookbook. Oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking with Nostradamus. Yes. Here's how to make a he turkey. He invented the turducken. Yes, that's right. I don't know. <laughs> but it's with, with uh, Edgar Casey. some of his readings. I think he's better than Nostradamus. Me too. I think Nostradamus looked at a like a bowl of oil or water and, and tea it leaves. It was a lot or, with alchemy. Yeah, alchemy too, yeah. yeah. But some of the things with Edgar Casey, and just to point out some things that people will say, oh, well, he said this, this and that, that never came true. Well... Some of those things you could say are uh, he talked about Japan floating off into the, basically being submerged um, off the map. Now you could say well, that's plate tectonics. Hawaii is moving a half inch every year north, and there's another island forming Loliha south of the Big Island over the hot spot. Right, the volcanic, the volcanic hot spot. So things are always shifting. Now they didn't have a lot of science behind plate How tectonics would he know in that the twenties. 
So he saw that. Now, obviously, Japan is still around. God bless him. They're still there. But God could it be possibly? Him. Could it be? Could it be possible that he saw the tsunami that hit Japan almost ten years Very ago? Very good point. And they had the you know the nuclear disaster at the same time with that. So maybe he was seeing that. He also talked about uh, New York being submerged underwater and Ooh. things like that. Maybe he saw Hurricane Sandy when they had the flood in uh, you know yeah. Manhattan. So there's different things that people point to and say, well, you know. New York is still there. Japan is still there. Well, yes. Give it time. But maybe he saw that. And also maybe he saw different things that he interpreted as. Well, in the past, Japan was underwater with the plate tectonics. Yeah. Because it's moving. So, you know, there's different things that people point to and say, oh, well, that hasn't happened yet. He talked about a self-perpetual machine that uh, basically propels itself, and but not like an airplane. It's like a self-propelling energy. Oh, I love it. And Maybe so he, that's really interesting. And he also talked about Karen, and this is what I said in the beginning that kind of connects back to the Xenobots during our, uh, our fact of the day, our fun fact there. He talked about human life being extended, that medical advances would reach a point to where human life would be extended, and he said humans will live much longer than we are right now. I think we did in the past, too, because there's all kinds of uh, carvings and... Mm-hmm. and Sumerian writing. I guess like, uh, well, not hieroglyphs because yeah, well, Egypt. Well, that but, too. Yeah. That says that uh, people were living like 700 years. They'd have like the list of the kings and some of them were like 700 year, yeah, years old. Some biblical times, that's right. Where, you know, you talk about Noah lived 900 years and, you know, Moses and all these people, Methuselah living a thousand years. Right, you know, exactly. Old Testament times. So there were times back, way back. Sanskrit. Yeah. That's what I'm there you go, Sanskrit. Of. There you go. But so that's something that may, you know, kind of pique my interest because we didn't hear about the Xenobot story until this morning, actually, before right. we started doing this podcast. Right. And that kind of piqued my interest because I'm like, wait a minute. This was one of those prophecies that he had that people say haven't necessarily come true yet, even though we do have a lot of medical advances like organ transplants that were not around right. when Edgar Casey was alive. Well, we're extending life. I mean, when sure. I was little, my grandparents died in their early 60s. Now my dad's 87. Right. You know, so it's slowly but surely we are extending it. But uh, Edgar Casey and the Sphinx, and he connects it to the lost city of Atlantis, I think he's actually dating humans back further than we've been told we existed. So this is one of the more... Uh I guess you could say famous things that Edgar Casey ever spoke about in his 20,000 readings, 14,000 of which are recorded in a Virginia library, by the way, at the Edgar Casey Foundation. And he talks about, again, this is something that's always brought up with him, Atlantis. And in great detail. Because many people say it never existed, but he said, yeah, it did. And, you know, and he goes, of course, you can look back at, you know, the writings of Plato, how he described Atlantis and people thought it was just kind of a made up story. But then you start to put it together. You're like, "Hmm, maybe this could have been true. Edgar Casey went into great detail about Atlantis, where it was, which was basically a big landmass between what we know as United States and Europe. It would have been in between there um, in the Atlantic Ocean. And then at some point, it kind of broke off into five different islands. And then you had the Great Flood, which is what he says, talking about Noah and the Great Flood. That was the flood that destroyed Atlantis. And how does he know this? He lived back then. He says... In a past life. One of his past lives was, a, I think, a, an Atlantean priest, I think he said. Yeah. Right? So, But he dates all this stuff back to 10,490 B.C., and here's the head of the Edgar Casey Foundation dating the Sphinx and the pyramids. It, he thinks it's correct. He actually gave readings for his own soul that had been a high priest in ancient Egypt and was directly associated with the building of the Sphinx. 
Unbelievable. So why are we talking about the Sphinx? Because, again, this is one of the more famous things with Edgar Casey. He said in one of his readings, or one of his seeings, prophecies, I guess you could say, while he was the sleeping prophet, that the um, artifacts, the Hall of Records, so to speak, from Atlantis, were saved and brought to Egypt and buried under the right paw of the Sphinx. Yes, so here we go. The Edgar Casey readings specifically say that Atlantis, as recorded by Plato, was not a myth. He leaked that information given to him by the Egyptian priesthood and put it into his books, the Timaeus and the Critias. And he explained that the lost city of Atlantis was real and associated with the golden age of Egypt. Right. Atlantis helped Egypt to thrive. That's what he said. He did. And then the Hall of Records, as you said, is it's an ancient library. And you, he's, it was supposed to be under the right paw of the Sphinx. And that was foretold by Casey. Casey dreamed that under the right paw of the Sphinx, there was a chamber at a very specific place that apparently hold the Hall of Records from the lost civilization of Atlantis, which Casey felt he was a direct part of. So thank you, ancient aliens. But yes, yeah, uh, that is so interesting. So what they do? The foundation went and drilled what eight holes by they the did. paw. Yeah, nineteen seventy-eight. They drilled some holes. They tried to get as much information as they could with the technology that was available maybe at that time. Maybe it was under the left paw. Maybe I don't know, he was looking at it the wrong way in a mirrored image in his vision. I don't know. Yeah, there's nothing there. But they couldn't find anything. But it's interesting because two reasons why. First, I'll read this quote. And this will kind of lead into the reasons, Karen. This was the quote from Edgar Cayce's uh, reading that they recorded. This imposition lies as the sun rises from the waters. The line of the shadow or light falls between the paws of the Sphinx that was later set as the sentinel or guard and which may not be entered from the connecting chambers from the Sphinx's right paw until the time has been fulfilled when the changes must be active in this sphere of man's experience. So I know that sounds confusing and deep, but I think what he's getting at there is we're, we weren't ready. Yeah, we're not ready yet. <laughs> we're not there. You're not there. We're not mentally, spiritually ready to see this information. So Especially now, we're like contemplating the fuzz in our navel with all of this you know, <laughs> pronoun. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I think that there's a lot of silliness going on and there's a much bigger thing that we need to be We're missing the big on. picture. We're missing the big picture. Thank you. And I think what's happened there too is, you know, again, a couple of things. Number one, you could say that we're not ready. Skeptics would say, well, that's just an easy way out for Edgar Casey to make something up and say, oh, well, you're not ready. That's why you haven't found it. So when are we ever going to find it? That's what a skeptic would say. I would say, well, look, he was right about a lot of other things. He healed a lot of people. He saw a lot of different things while he had his sleeping prophet sessions. So why couldn't this be real? Yeah, because he said in the reading of on the Great Pyramid uh, in Egypt, he suggested that an ancient hall of records would be discovered right. at a time signifying the manifestation of this new level of consciousness. Exactly. I remember watching my dad as a kid. He had caught oh, 50 bluegill. It's a fish from mm -hmm. Michigan, right? And I was watching him cleaning them. And so they were alive on the cutting board, alive, alive. He's taking the scales off and he cut the head off and then it would be dead. And I'm thinking, mm. where he's alive, alive, dead, alive, alive. Where's all that energy going? Is it going in the air? Is it going into my dad? Where, what, it was alive and now it's dead. What happens to that energy? It was fascinating. It's a good question. And maybe that's all part of the plan. It all just floats out there because 
you know, when they say a lot of people were kind of saying, oh, well, see, I told you nothing was under the Sphinx when in 1978, some of the people from his organization went to go dig out there. They got permission from the Egyptian government. They thought they were getting somewhere. But then the army came and stopped them, oh, the Egyptian army. And interesting. they were like, no, no more, no more. Huh. And they they were seeing some type of caverns. What they saw were caverns. Now, other people say, well, no, those openings you saw on your x-rays were just natural cracks in the right. underground formation. And those were naturally formed caverns. So they found some type of openings that they couldn't explain because since 1978, when they were stopped by the army, no one's been able allowed to this day. Right. To go back and, and do further experiments. I mean, there are people studying the Sphinx all the time, but you're not allowed to do what they were doing in 1978, which was actually drilling under it. Right, they drilled eight holes. That's right. Interesting. So next week, we're going to continue on the Edgar Casey storyline, but talk about Little Green Men. Yeah, there's a lot still left to get with to with Edgar Casey, And check out on the blog, too, for this episode, because we talked about Edgar Casey's timeline. Um for Atlantis and pretty much the history of civilization as a whole, he actually, according to him, came out with an entire timeline yeah. of the history of the universe, essentially. Yes. And we will have the picture of that timeline on 850WFTL.com. Search out UAP under the podcast there, and you'll see the blog for episode 23. Of course, you can go back, and all the episodes are on that blog. So if you missed a few, if you want to start from the beginning, feel free and uh, enjoy yourself with that too. But yeah, he has the beginning of Earth experience at 4.6 billion years ago. I think that's the uh, the Big Bang, right? Which actually, oddly enough, Karen matches up with scientific studies that say the Earth is about four and a half billion years old. And he said this, <laughs> which came out, you know, not yeah. too long ago, yeah. not a not hundred years ago, when he was making these readings. And Adam and Eve apparently manifested in two, 12,000 BC. Right. So. It just gives you an idea. It's all mind-bending, but it's all good. It really is. It's incredible stuff. I mean, he talked about, again, you know, when, when Atlantis was destroyed, that was essentially the great flood from Noah that we read about in the Bible. And he talks about Atlantis being able to, and this is something I always found fascinating. I never forgot. I know we're supposed to tease next time, but I'm still caught up in this. Uh, he, got, he, he was able to see visions of Atlantis, how they were able to harness the power of the sun through crystals and have like these... I guess, self-sustaining energy machines. Well, that reminds me of Nikola Tesla with the free electricity right. that he was generating. Exactly. He was like, why can't we do that? And then, Oh, no, you got to pay for it. And then he was bankrupt because nobody wanted to uh, right. lose out of money. And then he died and the government stole all his uh, research. Yeah, so. In the past episode, <laughs> we had aliens that were giving us all this information that would make society better. And we're like, no. Yeah, with Valley and Thor. We need to keep yes. it this way. You got to check out some of these past episodes yeah. because if you're you're lost if you don't know we've yeah. talked about some of these things in past episodes. So no, we haven't lost our minds. No, well maybe, but this is <laughs> I was so excited to talk about Edgar Casey today, and I can't wait to talk about him again next week because again, do yourself a favor, go ahead and check out 850wftl.com on the UAP blog page. You'll see the timeline there that Edgar Casey claims is essentially the history of the universe, the history of our evolution. He talks about it. And we'll get into more of this next yeah, week, too. Yeah, I foresee we'll do another episode next yes, week. Yes, we're going to get into a lot of this timeline next week because I think, Karen, I had an enlightenment when I was studying this <gasps> timeline and, and listening to a lot of recordings about it, doing a lot of reading about this timeline. I think we kind of, we might have figured out the alien mystery because of this timeline. Really? Yes, I think so. That's huge. I you, think so. You buried your lead. I, yes, I know. <laughs> it's true. You just feel. 
but we're, we just figured out everything. I, I think, wait, according to Edgar Casey, basically saying that we're we're all t- started off as energy in the universe, right? I believe it, and he kind of evolved into these curious beings. So we're gonna get into all that next week because I think I I think I put the puzzle together. Wow, we're gonna see. I love it. <laughs> Maybe I'm crazy, but we're gonna get into all that next week, along with. In Edgar Casey's hometown, we said remember the name yep. of Hopkinsville. Yep. There was a famous invasion. Yes. The a invasion battle. of Hop- yes, in battle of, of Hopkinsville, nineteen fifty five. So Wow, your unification of uh, particle physics and quantum physics and theoretical physics will probably get us a million downloads. Wonderful. Please go ahead and, and do alien so. life all together in one big boolea base. And, and oh, that's the first time we got to use boolea base. I haven't used that before. We've been waiting to do that one. It took twenty three tries. So we're gonna get into all of that. And what did Edgar Casey have to say about aliens and other life in the universe specifically? Huge, huge revelations. And did he ever write a cookbook? I don't think he did. Not, not like Nostradamus. <laughs> not like Nostradamus. Uh, but a lot of really good stuff coming up. I really enjoyed this part me one. Me too. Part two is going to be incredible as well. So come back again next oh, time. please. On UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast with Karen Curtis over there, Stephen Diener right here. And make sure to check out this episode and all other future and past episodes in the Akashic Record yeah. on Apple and Spotify and Wherever else you get your podcast. The internet is sort of the acoustic record with wires. It kind of is. Well, no, Wi-Fi. The internet is forever, just like the acoustic record. Oh, my gosh. Thank God for Al Gore. (laughs) So check it all out. Also on 850WFTL.com. And we'll talk to you again next time right here on UAP. Thanks for listening.